Hey guys, it's Dan here and welcome to another episode of Quit Your Day Job, a podcast for frustrated creatives. Well, each week I'm talking to a different creative all about how they turned what they love into what they do. The aim of the game is to inspire listeners to rethink what's possible about tapping their passions into either a new career path or possibly a side hustle or hobby in tandem with their nine to five for the purpose of wellness. I am really excited this week to bring you a chat that I did back in February with Vanessa Meradian, who is a yoga teacher and a sexologist, but she didn't start her career aligned with what she loves. As a matter of fact, it's been a really interesting journey for her, and she started originally in journalism and was working for News Corp and feeling really unsatisfied, as one can sometimes do in the corporate space. I know I certainly did. And it wasn't until she followed some cues and clues from the universe to follow her passion towards passion and allowed things that friends were coming to her with problems and conversations she kept finding herself in to be the way in which she oriented herself towards an entirely new way of working. And it encouraged her to further her education in this new area And at the same time, she had to continue with a nine-to-five that covered her bases and paid her bills. But ultimately, I actually think it's kind of great to flag the importance of holding on to an income stream, even if you're not served by it, because not putting the pressure on your newfound passion to completely allow you to survive and become your sole livelihood is actually a really good idea. It's much better to allow your newfound discovery of what it is you think you might really want to do to have the freedom to explore and play in a way that fosters the passion rather than puts pressure on it to deliver financial return in its early stages. This is a great conversation for anyone that's still feeling a bit stuck in a day job that they're feeling really disconnected to. And I think Vanessa's journey, even though it's a specific outcome, you know, not everyone is going to become a yoga teacher and a sexologist. I didn't even know what a sexologist was before speaking to Vanessa. Not everyone is going to go into that direction of career path, but everyone is asking themselves on some level, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? And I think being aware that this is a a journey that takes time and research and energy and patience is really worth remembering. So please enjoy my chat with Vanessa Meradian, yoga teacher, sexologist. I always love to start by asking people, so when someone says, what do you do, what do you tell them? These days I tell them I'm a sexologist. Took me a little while to, I think it was more even at customs, you know, it was like, what's your job? I'm like, if I write sexologist, is that going to be a problem? But yeah, now I happily admit I'm a sexologist. And that in itself can, you know, it's almost like a half hour commitment. People are like, oh, what's that? Actually, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and yeah, it's always a beautiful invitation to kind of get to know people pretty quickly. Yeah. So I'm a sexologist, also a yoga teacher, and I combine yoga with embodiment um, as a way to connect people to their bodies and their desires and themselves. So um, how long have you been working with yoga as part of the practice? Uh, Good question. Probably about five years, I'd say. So Me Amuse itself, that's my business name. And it's a way, now it's about connecting intimately. And predominantly it's for women. But as we know, gender is becoming more and more fluid. And and how people identify with womanhood is a great question and, and something that... I now feel passionately about and I also really feel passionately about educating men and I have a lot more care for kind of that the masculine uh, growth as well which has come out in the past I'd say year or so so your question was about yoga five years me amuse has been about 10 years of slow slow work when I first met you because I've always found that you've had a really great knack for integrating you know creative ideas around what a business can be in a space that you were really excited by the way in which you could work with people in a sex positive space and Mm. in a way that allowed you to um you know be part of a change that you wanted to see in the world in a bigger sense yeah but when i very first met you you um had like a, a company that 
sold sex toys. Yeah. Can you talk to me about how that came about and what led you to that? And is that still a part of your business experience now? For sure. Thanks for the cute compliment too about, yeah, combining these, I guess, esoteric things or these taboo things because that's, I think, really what how I identify as this bridge between things that are less available or scary for people and I want to make them accessible. So... That has come out and that came out in probably a few years into the work that that was something I actually care about is having these conversations that people aren't having. Uh, And a lot of my friends when I was younger, probably late teens, early 20s, we'd have DMs about um, sexuality and by DMs I mean deep and meaningful. So about sexuality, often that involved trauma. Trauma is quite a variant scale for people around... um, their sexual experiences so everyone had these stories and secrets that they were that were under the rug for them that they just needed to talk about and that's a lot of the healing in itself just allowing things to flow so I thought sex toy parties I had one many years ago it was a fuck away party and I was just like oh I could do this you know, really well and create a beautiful space where we can open up conversations and sex toys are a way to do that, like a fun way. People are like, oh yeah, what's this about? And at that point in the in society, like 10 years ago, you needed one friend out of, say, a group of 10 that would be like, yeah, I'll host, host a party. Others would come a bit apprehensively and um, no pun intended. And then But now it's like the conversation is lit. You know, people are really um, a lot more open and available to have these conversations, giving themselves permission. So that's made things a bit easier, but it's still, it was still, I just cared about women that they felt good about loving themselves, that they needed to do this first up. And I saw sexuality as a huge part of kind of the things that we you know things we can't talk about ourselves and to really be authentic we have to you know meet every part of ourselves so that's what it is about i think having um like the physical material object of the toy thing did you find that that was a an entryway into having the chat that might have been too hard if it was just hypothetical for sure so the toys yeah i'd rock up at people's houses with a bunch of beautiful toys and that was a good difference as well at the time that there were a lot of crap animal looking sex toys out there that were just made by men and women were apparently buying them but everyone was doing it behind closed doors and yeah, no one knew anything about it. And then they were hoping that this toy had all the secrets to helping them and helping them orgasm better and why, why, why. And yes, toys are a beautiful capability into understanding your sexuality, but then there are so many more things. And I would work that out in the one-on-one kind of consult that I would do at the end of the party. And sometimes I'd be there, you know, I'd start the party at like 7 and leave at 1 a.m., because I'd be talking so much with these women. And then I was like, I'm, I want to become an expert in this. So I studied my postgrad in sexology all while working for News Limited uh, at the same time and at a few cafes. So it was always was this odd juxtaposition. Let's talk about that yeah. because so much of this podcast is really encouraging people who are in a line of work that they're not really spiritually connected to, mm. to then find a way to turn what they love into what they do maybe in tandem with a nine to five or if they wanted to take a a career shift towards addressing what their nine to five looks like Mm. but when that was becoming exciting to you now for me the the comparison is I started making this podcast because when I would get together with my friends all I would want to talk to them about was what they were inspired by what they were working on what they were working towards Mm. where they you know it it was the same conversations would come up because I was just the most excited by that yeah and then I thought well this is really good stuff people might benefit from hearing it and now that's led me on a path of discovery to think this is a really exciting area of growth Mm. and I want to contribute more to this space were you just having conversations when you were in this previous career incantation naturally falling into chats with friends about sex and sexuality that then made you think that this is an area that you want to explore more yeah I 
I worked out that I loved that space where people were trusting. They were, you know, people were like, Ness, can I talk to you? And it would be like, I've never said this out loud and I'd be that friend. So I was honoured. I love that kind of connection with people. And, yeah, I wanted to do more of it. And then so when I had that fuck away party, I was just like, I could run these and I'm happy to talk about all this stuff. And at the fuck away party, I had like 30 chicks there. It was a Thursday afternoon and we just got wild and we were having great combos and so it was a beautiful opportunity and space to um to dive deep and I that was probably one of my favorite things and still when I think about the incantation of the business and how it's evolving and it comes along with me so I really make sure I give myself permission to allow the business to evolve as I do and that's just okay if it changes but yeah I'd be at the Herald Sun and you know well, I said Herald Sun. That's where I worked yeah. for a little while. Is it? It's totally not, not, not a bad word. We'll believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I'm like, yeah, I haven't picked it up since I left, but all good. Uh, but I mean, fantastic to name it. I, you know, my war story from the career that was underserving me was, you know, it was Foxtel. You know, there's mm. everyone I know who has had some form of big shift has had a difficult time in a really corporate space, mm. and those spaces are fine and they exist but they're just not right for some people yeah it's just a it's just a bad match mm. and if it is a bad match for you then it's a really good thing to address that for so sure. ha- um, how did you how did you know that it was time to go and how did you begin that process of looking beyond the walls mm. um i knew it was time to go because i was getting heavily invested with some of the stories that were going on at the herald sun primarily out of interest for women's well-being and health like not that they were happening at work but we were investigating them and I was deep in that and then I was like you I'm doing this part-time me and muse sex toys even getting toys delivered to the building so that I could then take them home and actually that backfired once like I lost $700 worth of vibrators in the building (laughs) and that's you know who you are yeah no we never found out it was just like you know in a newsroom news is spreading so quickly that within like five minutes people like I hear there are many happy women in the office I'm like I do not know where those toys are anyway I didn't have to pay for them because it wasn't actually my fault that they ended up there but it's funny stories like this so I was yeah and I get all the the jokes would be made about me and having a, a also the people you were working alongside of were aware of this yeah. side side hustle yep side yeah. hustle for sure even you know at Christmas parties I've been asked so do you want to be a journo by the editor at the time and I'm like no I sell sex toys and I kind of approached my whole time while I was there in hindsight that I that this was my side hustle and that I really cared a lot for women and sexuality and bringing that conversation uh, to the forefront. So they knew and were intimidated for sure. You said, I wonder if that's um, you there's there's no one way to go about it, but I wonder if it is actually really worthwhile letting everyone that you know because mm. it's people do find comfort in the idea that everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid and everyone's on board with the same, you know, intentions. Yeah. And if you let your co-workers know that this is just a temporary thing Mm. for you and you're not there, sometimes they might either be resentful of that or they might be thinking, well, what's... They might, on the one hand, be going, well, what's my own version of Mm. this? I don't really want to be here either. Yeah. But then that might actually come out in, you know, um, yeah, some sort of negative response Mm. to the person that's holding up the the mirror to them to them and asking them what they really want to be doing with their lives yeah for sure I think I'm often a bit of a trigger for some people in that way because I guess which is why I do the work that I do I have this personality that is happy to put it out there I've learned that that now comes a lot from love but even at the time when I was at Herald Sun I was probably a bit you know I was like wanting to prove that I there was something about it that was for me in hindsight I was like oh you're a little like you're definitely just so confident in what you were doing and that the work me amuse was the right thing for society whereas sometimes the conversations that were put out there in this workplace were were stuff that was bothering me and um yeah so I don't know I think back on it and I think oh you could have probably spent some more time using the skills in in a way that may have helped but then also I'm like no that's just again the fear talking and you do you and if you're practicing and 
you know, honoring this divine purpose, that's the yoga talk, but this dharma of yours, then yeah, you did everything perfectly. So I guess I look back because it's such a powerful um, industry to be a part of that maybe I could have been less... um, Counter. What do you... Alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less like, ah, well, look at me, you know. Yeah. mm. When the editor just was like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I sell sex toys. He went red and then he would continue to go red every time I saw him after that. So it was like, I kind of loved it that I would. And that's, again, what it's all about is putting people in a spot where they're challenged, but hopefully it incites, you know, more investigation and, and self-love really. Because you're throwing down a gauntlet in that moment to say, do you want to know more about this? Because mm. I can talk to you more about yeah. this. It's up to you. You take or leave as much as you're ready to find out about yeah for sure so i'm not sure what people thought of it it was at a hot spot time in the media industry anyway where there were huge changes going on with the internet and social media and all of the job losses in that industry anyway so people were making shifts whether they (laughs) were uh, making their own choices about their life or not um did you i mean did you find it challenging i've got a buddy who's a musician and a very talented musician and he's maintained his day job in an insurance company for mm. a for five years now because he although he could work as a music producer for other artists and that sort of thing he says he hates his day job so much that he goes home and practices and works and rehearses on his own passion mm. for hours so that there's no confusion in his mind as to what the money job is and what the actual intention is yeah. and that you could easily forget about it if you were in a career that was creative enough that you mm. were almost satiated so that you weren't really focused on the thing that you really want to be yeah. contributing energy to did that sort of help you to be in an environment that was at odds with your greater passions um yeah, I also saw it as an opportunity to like write write certain articles when I could and I worked for MX. So basically I was like getting deep into their old sun and I was like, I need to pull back here and just get some part-time hours. And there was a job going in MX as their office manager. So I took that on, which meant that I wasn't doing the work on the weekends for the Herald Sun when I was involved in those kind of bigger stories and stuff. And... But I knew all along, I knew that I had a calling to make a difference and I was pretty committed to the work as it was, it was like there was a lot of momentum with it at the start, like lots and lots of parties. At that point I had a business partner, a guy who couldn't really contribute too much except behind the scenes stuff. So he was great at encouraging me to like get there and I'd be so nervous. Like I'd practice before a party for like an hour. Now it's like, you know, I do talks and present in front of lots of people quite often. But yeah, I, I just think about, you know, those boundaries that we push of ours and how they just keep growing. But I knew all along that I was heading that way. And then, so I took this job and at that point, I was still doing my postgrad, so I was also at uni, and I had a cafe job as well. So I was definitely hustle, hustle was real. The hustle was real. The hustle was still real. I look forward to when it's not. But <laughs> yeah, the hustle was real, and that hustler stage. I've heard uh, some business people talk about it as you're just like hustling as much as you can. That yeah, it's actually really great because it is. Uh, you get the energy from the passion mm. of what you really want to be. Yeah. You know, doing instead and it's enough to I also feel like when you're in your twenties in particular and less so as you sort of get older, but you've got so much energy anyway that mm. you may as well be contributing it towards something that means something to you because if you don't you'll end up just you know, it'll go to the nightclubs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you may as well just sure. invest it in something worthwhile. For sure. That was like why I enjoyed my yoga training for two months. It was like either commit fully to it or come home and just do things that probably aren't as productive. Uh, anyway, so, but I guess what made, I just was too invested in the work that at the Herald Sun and MX that it was affecting how much I could put into to my passion and so I when I pulled back from that and started just working on me and Muse initially full-time and then I think I may have worked at a cafe at the same time but then that opened the doorway for me to do the yoga teacher training so I was at that point 
deep into yoga and seeing all these benefits in my sex life and my authentic self and feeling connected to my body and I was like this and I was in love with it mm. in love with the philosophy and I was like I cannot believe how I've been thinking for however many years is yoga so what was the tipping point did you was it an investigation based on fitness that then allowed you to understand the philosophy because mm. you turned up for the other reason no I've always loved the for the spiritual, the spirit and feeling connected to love and everything outside of just being a, a human and the loneliness that we can kind of fall into and what happens to us when we die and what is this question of being, this who are, what is asking the questions, who is seeing through my eyes. So when I rocked up to yoga and people were throwing these little tidbits of philosophy and I was like this is my heaven the fact that I can move be in community with people who are also wanting to are curious and so yeah I was hooked and then I made an excuse I thought this I was like if you do the teacher training yoga teacher training you'll be able to use it for sec- for me and muse for mm. sure so I justified spending money on the teacher training because i exactly what you were kind of saying that like Bridget I'm like I'll make it work somehow it'll fit in but it was an obvious fit and yeah that's been an interesting evolution but it's definitely still a huge part of me amused you talked before about the notion of a calling and a calling to do something to contribute to a shift that you want to see take place Mm. and I think a lot of people who would listen to this and the wider world is wonders about that what is how do I know what my calling is how do Mm. I work out what I'm meant to be doing because I you know it's one thing to say make time to contribute to your passion Mm. but I think the biggest question that people would have is well what is my passion yeah how did you describe what that notion of calling was like to experience and what was the process of listening to it and evolving to Mm. becoming that something that you orienteer your life by it's hard to kind of answer when you're asking the question. I, I can answer it because I have seen seen what I've told myself over the many years, which is uh, I know that you can practice. So when I say practice, for me, I mean this connection to something beyond my egoic mind. And that means just showing up because showing up to meditation, showing up to these spaces that allow you to listen listen beyond just the chit chat of your ego so it's like oh i'm in, uh, i love doing this and it's my passion but is it and am i good at it and so all of there's this innate knowing i think that we all have but how we trust that innate knowing is a practice and so and i don't know why i know that but i do and i so at the moment i feel like i do know that so all and i talk a lot about trust and so what Do I trust? I trust in the practices that keep me radiant and alive. And this also comes back to another way to answer that question is that what gives you that heat and that fire? And for me, presenting and being in exchange and teaching information puts me in this flow state, which I've learned a bit about. Have you, are you familiar with flow state? Yeah, I've got my own idea of what I Mm, think it is. Yeah. I'm also really interested in that at the moment because this embodied flow yoga training, they bring people into flow state outside of it being this what, you know, the science now, they, the information that looks at it is about uh, adrenaline being like either adrenaline junkies or high performance sports people or really creative people who are on stage performing. And they look at flow state in that where your brain tips over, the egoic mind is quieter and you're in that state of creation. But I've been in some work recently that we believe that that flow state is accessible to us all the time. And so an element of that is quieting this mind that judges us, that is our mind that's like, no. So I, I guess I put out there that we there is this innate knowing and I've also done a bit of work with intuition. So when you, people are like, well, what's, I used to be like, what's my fucking intuition? How do I know what intuition is? So you can, that listening again, what is, 
real listening? What am I actually hearing? Mm. All of these questions that make you question everything. But there is something that we know. If you don't know, trust what you do know. And even if that's like, I want to get a coffee now. And then someone else is like, but can we get a coffee in an hour? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, no, I want to get it now because I've got a whole day planned. I can be a bit like, whatever, no worries, life. But the more that I trust that innate, that's a practice in strengthening intuition. So when you sit there and you say, am I ready to quit this job? You've practiced enough to know how it feels in your body when you ask that question because you're, it's not just your mind that is has the answers we the whole of us has the answer so if you one way through that is should I quit my job or if you were to say I'm not going to quit my job and your whole body has a reaction of like you know contraction that's an answer there is like you're shutting down at the idea of not leaving so then what oh I have to strengthen up I have to be courageous it also makes a lot of sense to be listening to yourself on a micro level day to day asking yourself a question and just seeing what the physical manifestation of the answer is yeah. do I want a coffee right now no yeah. no I actually I'm scanning my body there's no need to want to actually boost the energy beyond what this feeling is uh, do I want to go jump in the pool right now yeah, like actually, I can yeah. feel my body as I'm even saying that to you, going, ah, yeah. yes. Like, it's actually, you know, if you mm. check in with yourself with micro decisions, you can probably then, because your, your higher self doesn't know the difference between should I leave my job or should I go jump in the pool? Yeah. So, actually, you know, exactly. you can just listen to the impulse as it arises. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think they're beautiful ways. And it's like, well, what, um, I'm not sure if it's clear, but what what helps me listen? And we know now those mindfulness techniques and meditation, but for some people meditation might be riding their motorbike or playing their instrument or whatever it is. So, Yeah, actually, I was having a flashback to meeting someone that ended up being a really bad guy after I got to know him for a few months. The very first impulse I ever had of him was, this is a bad guy. Mm. And then I started to speak to him and the words of being a human in society allowed me to unlearn that impulse into thinking, I'm not going to be so judgmental. I'm going to give him a chance. He's probably just a X, Y, you know, mm. and on and on. And then I, months later, I just came back to the exact same impulse once the proof had landed that the impulse that I had all along or initially was actually the, the right impulse. Yeah. And babies or infants and animals are really great at having impulsive responses mm. to another creature's energy because there's no words to muddy the yeah. the intuition and they yeah they don't have the past or the history that says don't question that or you're not good enough at that or yeah those decisions that were made when you're a kid so um yeah it's key and and even your awareness around oh that happened and look at that full circle that it came to my intuition was right that's all new awareness and in this training i was doing that's like an awakening so when you become aware that Oh, I had really good intuition and so now I'm going to check in with it and then that's the practice and then it becomes strong and then you're like fuck yeah I'm going to quit my job and do this brilliantly and then two weeks later have another freak out but no right <laughs> at some point there's there's also a, um I feel like there is sometimes very simple life decisions that you can make to support better intuition access mm. for example if your diet is a mess and you're really out of touch with your body because you haven't been taking care of your animal, you know, mm. taking it to the park every day for a run Love the way your, that your dog might need to. Lovely, your animal. But, you know, that we've all got a pet mm. human that we mm. need to make sure is walked and fed and exercised. And, and so if, you, if you're not taking care of your human and you are, in, uh, you are messy in a, a lot of other ways, it's then really hard to be paying attention to your finer intuitive impulses. For sure. Because actually you're really dehydrated, you're exhausted, you didn't get enough sleep, your your, your diet is a mess. Mm. So your body's dealing with a bunch of other more primary fears and yeah. concerns beyond just higher self intuition stuff. Mm. So I'd say like it's a really I know that the reason why I started to get better like my journey to discovering that it was time to get out of my day job was I went to see so many remedial massages and kinesiologists and so many different body specialists because my back and neck were so out of alignment mm. and one practitioner who didn't know anything about my my day job story was saying you're almost like trying to close yourself in it like your body's closing in on itself you're trying to protect 
yourself every single day. I was like hunching over at my desk and like becoming more and more physically shielding of my heart mm. because everyone around me was so um, negative and so unhappy that I think I was cr- crushing myself. And yeah. so if it wasn't for that misalignment and the manifestation of that, that was actually the first physical proof that I had that I had to get out of there. Mm. And I know that for that, for that's a very specific uh you know, byproduct. But for other people, it might be you are really dissatisfied that in a way that's manifesting in like unconscious spending habits or mm. dysfunctional eating habits or in dysfunctional drugging, drinking, fucking, you mm. know, all these things that are actually kind of positive by themselves. Yeah. You can put a negative spin on them if you use them as a consolation prize for, for sure. how unhappy you are in the wider sense. Yeah. And the thing that actually made me want to change the, the course of my life was. I, I started to contribute more to what I really believed in and cared about on the weekends. So I couldn't get so wasted on Friday and Saturday night because I wanted to get up early to do something that I really believed in on the yeah. on the Saturday and Sunday. It's great. Um, that self-care, and that comes back to, and I remember we were chatting a bit about that that night, self-care, yeah, it's a really interesting topic, but I do remember when I... Um, first learned about green smoothies and that was like a tipping point even so I went it sounds funny but I meant it as funny I went to this conference this big hearted business conference run by Claire Bowditch and I saw this woman Kemi Neckvapil speak she's a life coach and she was talking about yeah wellness and particularly green smoothies and I and I this was probably about seven years ago or something six and I remember just being like, I really need to get on top of the self-care and because this is, it's wellness. And at the time I didn't really, I hadn't associated the sexuality as part of wellness and it was beautiful timing when the wellness industry was like, boom, everyone get a smoothie. And, and I was like, yeah, that contributes to healthy sexuality. Well, it's actually what I need to be a really great business owner right now or to be at least making some good good decisions. And now I also really look at that, like yoga, meditation, eating right, um, all the things that make me, those contribute to me making the right decisions. So if, it's, if it, I feel out of alignment and stuff, I won't look at decision making. Um, then I'll strip it back come back to the fundamentals sleep looking after myself Mm. and then then go from there i'd say it's also a good thing if people are going well how much coffee is bad for me and how much what should i uh, how much sugar is you know can i consume and what's the how much sleep do i need it really is just a trial and error process totally and i think actually really helps to remove it entirely and Mm. if you can't then there's something in that yeah and then if you gradually integrate it back in in a conscious way I had to curb my six to seven shots of coffee a day, literally uh, habit, because that was another thing I was doing that was the illusion of staying on top of things, mm. but actually was just causing some sort of adrenal fatigue every couple of weeks. Yeah. And so, you know, just by stripping it back and cutting it out completely and then going, okay, well, it actually turns out that one double is probably my ideal. Yeah. And if I'm feeling cheeky, a second double, but you know, let's keep it neat. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And I, and because my, for me, my work, a lot of it relies on this beautiful energetic exchange Mm. because people need to feel safe and with me. And I know, again, it comes down when I say no, I mean like this innate knowing of when I am in full Vanessa capacity and when I am a little uh, in contraction and I'll use that. That's inflow. Yeah. I love that. Mm. What is your, how do you feel? Because I've got, I'll tell you what my version of this is. Yeah. How do you feel when you are in flow, and what facilitates or triggers that? Um, really, just looking after myself, and I want to say that it's so subjective. And for me, like I like to smoke a joint to chill out, but I, if I do that too too often, it completely affects my resonance, and then, and that's when people are like, you know, I can be intimidating. I guess I, I'm like really sensitive and friendly and warm but initially I look like people are like oh what's that chick about and but if I am not not having a joint here and there and exercising and meditating and 
being quite social because I love uh, people. I think that's also a really good wellness thing as well that we can get so caught up in must do the work, but actually the socializing and the love, there's so much value in the, the exchange. And well, your, your animal needs play. Yeah, they do. Well, what, what about in, in the moment of oh, being yeah. in flow? Do you ever observe, oh, that was a nice flow. I, mm. I could feel... Some you know something happening that felt different to an hour ago. Yeah. So for me, there and it comes kind of down to those few things that are in in the theory of flow, which is like that challenge. I I'm really good when I f- meet people or when I'm in uh, people are relying on me to kind of um, be my best. Like uh, you know, in a one on one session or in a workshop, it's like people. I'm like really good in question time. It's mm. like put me, challenge me and put me on the spot and then it will flood in. But it will flood in if I've been in flow. Like, and sorry, if I've been looking after myself. So that's it. That's, you know, pushing myself a little bit, being in an environment there, also being really present. So sometimes we can be distracted, but when I am here connected with someone, I feel that flow state more. What it... I'm curious about your... It's really similar, actually. My biggest facilitator is an open-hearted question. Mm. If someone asks me something that they are really open to hearing, they really would like to know, yeah. it's not about testing me necessarily. It's about the open-heartedness of their question. Yeah. really allows me to tap into a type of conversation where I'll be able to present ideas where I don't actually know where they've come from. Yeah. And I love that idea that we are just antennas mm. and we do channel ideas through and you know all of the creative work that we do i think is comes from somewhere else and you're just the antenna Mm. so number one get over yourself because it's not your work it's ultimately you're just bringing it through and secondly you know doing the like practice and work and precision is the thing that you do to expand the bandwidth of your Mm. antenna which is the reason why you can take joy in the act of of turning up to yeah. your desk or you know being more in tune through the the hard work that you're putting in mm. but i noticed that my most flowy state and the thing that i just love to do the most because time flies is the essence of this podcast which is having a conversation that then facilitates great questions but if someone were to come to me with a relationship concern but more than anything a creative concern but i mean sex and, and art it's Sex and creativity is all the same, yeah. juju as far as yeah, I'm concerned. For sure, <laughs> so, particularly in like the tantra sexuality world, they're the same chakra. Yeah, I believe so. Mm. Like I know that if someone, you know, I found there was a version of me that it would come out over coffee usually, because mm. that's the most holding space that I did throughout my 20s, yep. where someone would have a relationship concern or they'd have a career concern or they'd mm. have something to do with their art. And because I was so interested in that, I would have my ego checked because I just loved the honor of being able to hold space to talk about something that was so sacred Mm. that even if it was not in my best interests i would find i would be able to contribute ideas that were for the for the purpose of delivering some ideas Mm. to that person and i would always leave those conversations feeling so rewarded and they did too and i think that that was a really great sign so that would happen again and again and i would think yeah, like that's that's my best life. Like I want to do that. I want to find a way to facilitate that. So now, you know, that now that people are occasionally coming to me to say, talk to them, talk to me about how to tap into their passions a bit more, I am like bring it. Let's yeah. let's t- let's chat. What do you need? What do totally. you Totally. And I can feel that like even in my body as you talk about that. So that and that in itself is like a sign as well, but we're not taught to feel these things and that's I agree completely it's like when you feel energized after something that's a beautiful hint it's like when you feel that life force that vitality it's like oh that was just really great and even if you think yeah I was really great in that conversation or whatever it's all good give yourself some props and yeah look at that and I think with similar because I feel similarly to what you say Dan is the flow the what you're great at people don't think you know, we don't... I, I'm good at that too. I love that. It's my favourite spot. It's like when my friends are kind of asking for advice and it flows and there's this beautiful exchange or... But I didn't know that that was something I could turn into to something more. You know, I didn't think, oh, Vanessa's good at conversation or listening or holding space. That was not like a career option. And and it's not necessarily... Of course, it, that's what a sex therapist is or any therapist or coach they're sitting there holding space but 
it has become it's aware to me now that actually there is we have we're in the generation that has so much opportunity to create what we want and you back there is always opportunity flowing it's like it doesn't end you didn't miss it it's always there so it's like even if you take a risk there will still be that mundane job waiting for you and if it's not there will be a cafe job waiting for you there will be someone that needs some babysitting and it's just okay this, it's, there are so many parallels in my mind. It's a good way for, that I use to get people into the habit of using a familiar framework. But it's like so much like love relationships. Because mm. also there's a lot of romance and contri- energetic contribution to career as there is with relationships. Yeah. And the idea of I'm in this really kind, this okay relationship with someone that doesn't really turn me on that much. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's filling the space for now. I guess it'll do... I'm wondering whether I should go and travel the world, but I feel bad about leaving them. It's like, well, actually, there's plenty more mm. mediocre relationships where they yeah, came yeah. from. So Heaps. don't worry about it. Mm. You'll always be able to fill the gap with, mm. with something if you need it. Yeah. But I would say it's actually better to err on the side of, you know, listening to yourself and sing- and being a singular entity mm. and knowing what you need. Similar with jobs. You know, there's just so many basic jobs out there if you need yeah and you will we will need i will continue to do things that are not like the epitome of my idea of you know the work that i love yeah in favor of other things Mm. but it's um you know it's all just about that game of prioritizing and taking you know uh, the there is benefit from a lot of circumstances and it's just a case of knowing where to allot your energy. Yeah. And taking a risk feels like afterwards, it feels really good. Like again, if we come back to this, how do I feel? And oh yeah, I feel a bit sick and contracted and that's a continual thing. Or how are you today? And you're kind of like, you know, your innate response is good. And that's, or and you don't mean it. Mm. You know, it's like the risk, the courage, You'll f- when you do it, then you feel the, oh, or you feel the fuck yeah, or you feel that, what the hell did I just do? The, But it's, that's life. And I just also want to say it's like from a spiritual, beautiful, like conscious um, place, it's it really is important for me that you do the work that you love or that you live a life that you love because it, it that is what is going to heal our world or propel it forward in the right way is that people are pursuing their their joy. I mean, I mean joy is like the essence or their... And when you're saying it's not like you are the vessel, but you also are a specific vessel. Like it's it's unique to you. Mm. No one's no one else is bringing that mm. information through in the same way that you. Yeah, can. yeah. And as much as this is like a privileged conversation, it's when when I'm doing the work I love, you're doing the work we love. We have, then you have more space to be of service. You have more yes. space. Like joy and expansion just creates more flow and more love. And that's just like. And the thing is, I've had to wrestle with that myself because this is a very privileged conversation. You're right. But then I thought, well, who are we in a privileged circumstance to not make yeah. the most of those opportunities? A hundred. I actually think it's more squanderous to take for granted the fact mm. that you have all this amazing opportunity at your disposal. Yeah. And if that is actually the thing that you might need to remind yourself of to become more active mm. because not everyone can. So you absolutely should. And then you can radicalize the people around you to yeah. be, you know, because also when you are in flow with your greater work that is more aligned with your, what you really care about, the reason why you're here in the first place, or even if it's on the way to because I think if someone said well how do I discover my passion I would say your passion already exists mm. all you are looking for is different outlets to channel it and ultimately it's going to spark inspiration or not something that really turns you on this month might be vo- null and void yeah. in three months time that doesn't mean that your passion has been lost or mm. faded the passion is just the energy that's looking to flow through you and you're looking for something to excite or align that passion yeah with. yeah um with that because it reminds me of neuroplasticity and that that you know the passion is there it's in flow but we get caught in the same cycles of like i'll do it this way i believe that it should exist like this but taking those risks is like scares the brain as it's done before and that opens up a whole new pathway of creativity or expansion so it's 
almost required that you do what you're fearing or do what is just like that constant question follow it go with it and then yeah feel null and void and with a roadblock and just trust trust that that's part of it as well i love the idea of just uh that people every day would have someone saying how are you going or how are you doing and i would challenge anyone listening to this to not just say good Mm. even if good is a truth yeah find either another word for it so it's that you are training yourself to check in with your body and scan yourself in that microsecond from head to toe and even just say oh i don't really know mm. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one yeah like how powerful would that be to flip someone out with uh how are you doing oh i'm not too sure i, mm. I i'll get back to you or you know actually i'm 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 becoming more energized as the day goes on or just say something that is a truth beyond the automatic response that means nothing yeah i know and again it's like it was probably both of our nightmares that someone's just like good and see you later or my dad when i was little we were at the checkout counter of a supermarket and he was the chick behind the counter was like hey how are you and then just kept scanning and he was like if you're gonna ask me how i am listen to the answer and i remember that as like quite poignant Pretty much I will never answer good if someone asks me how I am. I had this one answer that, and because I'm always kind of, there's something often going on and I want to be truthful, it's like part of me, that I'm like, okay, I have to find a good way of answering this efficiently because people just throw how are you around like with no meaning anyway. So I started saying I am innately joyful but undulating in the human experience. Yeah. You want it, you yeah. got it. <laughs> totally. And then I'm like, huh? Oh, you're like, perfect. I'm like, I'll see, see you in class. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Love that. Mm. Also, I mean, I even had someone shock me out of my um, regular robotic uh, response when they just said, How's your heart? Mm. And it wasn't like they were particularly concerned with my well being because they didn't know my life circumstance well enough to know whether it was good or bad. Yeah. And it was a really good excuse to kind of go, Oh, actually, and I think I go, a little bit sad and they're like great yeah and they left and, and that's all it was mm. and i mean what a gift yeah to give so nice. a stranger an mm. opportunity to check in with their humanity in that moment yeah and that you can be sad and still get on with your day and that beautiful smile and all of it at the same time you know I, well I, yeah i fought to through many hours of therapy to be okay with anger and sadness mm. is something that was a part of my expression that wasn't easy to get my head around and heart around in early life so yep. I, I've earned that sadness yeah, god damn it yeah. <laughs> through many hours of listening to Interpol yeah um, yeah anger's a whole it's an interesting conversation too um, but well, yeah where did where, so where has everything ended with you uh, what, where, where is currently I? now because mm. you're integrating these new skills into ultimately the same the same business concept has grown yeah and now you've been uh, adding new tools into your tool belt and with that I imagine new ways of of imagining what the business can be yeah what what does this era look like i am really excited i'm like i probably can't tell you all the thoughts that are going on because who knows how they'll change and evolve uh but me amuse now is at the 10 year mark and whether that's like 10 it's definitely not 10 years full time it's like 10 years with seven other jobs for about five six of those years and I still actually get paid to teach yoga so that's always there uh but so me amuse I still sell toys and I'm probably I'm going to look really hard at that that arm of the business but majority of it is offerings that come directly from me being a human so I do sex therapy I um or sex and self-love coaching and more workshops and I just did this embodied flow 300 hour training which is yoga and I'll probably bring a lot of that into the sensual yoga workshops which I'd like to open up to all genders uh, as well so definitely more of that more online offerings that people can access and maybe there's a little book in there Ooh. I hope so well, yeah. the thing is, you're so intuitive with knowing what people would be interested in just a bit ahead of the curve and it's ultimately about taking big scary concepts and making them palatable Mm -hmm. and and digestible and they're even exciting yeah and so the good thing about accessing that information or that intention through yoga is yoga as a concept is less scary yeah you know it's maybe 15 years ago it was too far out and now Mm -hmm. every fitness first has multiple yoga classes a week so it's a great way to package 
that kundalini energy awareness or that mm. tantra energy through um, an embodied yoga practice. for sure and that's kind of, and that's why i started it. it was like people can say yes to yoga and they if their parents are like not parents whoever asks and it's like what are you doing on the weekend and they don't want to say a sexuality workshop they can say a yoga workshop because it's the truth and uh, well it's all yoga so you could actually answer that to anything you do in your life um but yeah so there's less taboo now which has like raised a lot of questions around and there's many you know when I, when I first started a lot of people came to me for all the answers and so there was a bit of transitionary time around my ego about that with as more people came into the industry I was like well why aren't they asking me or what and um, but so that has really cemented also my confidence and my niche as well. So I've loved that, but there are always these down, these conversations where it's like, why aren't I'm number one at all of this? And then you, you gotta, you know, let some things go and witness the ego and then actually just land in, in the offering. And I think with me amuse, it's like, it's so mine that, and I have given myself over the years the permission to let it come with me. And if it ebbs and flows as far as financial success or, t- you know, the, t- the time period between how active it may be or, or not, I've also just been really forgiving and permissive about that, which I think has a lot, is a will head towards societally with how we approach all sorts of success but particularly with work and career it's like well what what should it look like and so I feel right now I feel really re-inspired to to streamline me amuse to offer Vanessa Meridian uh, and really stand in that because I think for a while I was a bit apologetic about or, or scared and scared for many different reasons but now I don't feel so scared would you be able to uh, because many people who uh, start to align with what they do really care about do experience that apprehension Mm. and that fear I'm definitely one of them and I've always been really loaded with self-belief but still don't feel uh, in the past wasn't feeling like I could step into that for all the the regular ego sensor you know reasons could you could you shorts uh, could you truncate that process and get to that sooner or do you just need to ride it out and just l- unlearn that fear? Yeah, I well, do we ever learn anything by not experiencing it? I'm curious about that. Yeah, we can kind of learn it, but it's that same thing when when you're talking with friends and there's a difference between paying an expert and friends. Friends, you know, you just want to dump almost. And then as soon as the advice starts coming back, you're out and already thinking about your own way of solving it. But, and I think that supports the idea that you have to experience things to then know. And for me, a lot of my thick skin with this work, because it is a confronting and spicy and therefore people are opinionated and will give you some feedback um i've just when people have questioned or i felt like oh i shouldn't have said that or maybe i should have said it differently and then you know only a few hours later or however things are i've landed in no i do it like this and if they're not up for it then it's all good and and that's been really great. Like, and I feel like that comes with like our age. I know we're similar, but that landing in, um, I've actually, well, really, I've actually been doing this for 10 years. I've probably talked to thousands of women about it. I know. And so why, why am I questioning that I don't? And I learned about this, impo- uh, not imposter syndrome, what is it, uh, where people at the top, always are worried that they'll be pulled out for being a fraud or whatever. That's imposter syndrome, is it? Is it yeah, imposter syndrome? I, so. I just last, at the last minute thought that was like more <laughs> physical. But yeah, imposter syndrome. So when I was hearing about that, I was like, oh, other people question whether they're valid as well, you know, um, or whether they're the right person. You know, when I'm single, I'm like, mm. oh my God, nervous to have sex almost because I think someone's going to be like, you, this orgasm is going to take, you know, I'm going to levitate with having sex with Vanessa. So it's always like, uh, but no, time and time. That's on you, babe. you got to yeah, do your own work. Exactly. On your own. <laughs> yeah. I give you nothing. You own it completely. Uh, so, so just for those that are I'm still rambling a little bit, but yeah, um, I think 
that questioning is all right and integrity is really important and I know my integrity is bang on and I just care deeply and I'm doing my best and however you want to cover your ass around that stuff is is worthwhile but then just the innate confidence and backing yourself is really what the world needs and if they don't that's all good I, I think it's also really reassuring to remember that so many people that we think know what they're doing don't necessarily. They're just making educated guesses. Yeah. It was really reassuring for me to date um, a medical doctor mm. and for, for him to be like, oh, we honestly, we're just really going for a punt a lot yeah. of the time and sometimes it doesn't work. Mm. You know, you're just making educated guesses based on the information that's in front of you. Usually they're emergency situations. Yeah. So you're trying and, and it's not it's not exact science at all, but mm. in all the advertising, marketing, media world, no one knows what the fuck they're doing because mm. the moment you really do know too much, you tend to leap up a job level yeah. anyway. So yeah. you're always kind of somewhat out of your depth, which is just the way that the business industry is designed mm. to work. And so it's kind of, it pays to just fake it till you make it in exactly. some ways. And, that, and, I'm, and that's almost, that's neuroplasticity in itself. Just like tell yourself until you're doing it. And, but also... Oh, I had a great point. It's kind of left me. Um, we'll leave it. Right, yeah. come back to you. Great. Um, the uh, for those who just don't know, you know, when when you are talking to thousands of women, you know, you've had those conversations one on one. Are you bringing to the table? They're coming to you with a question about their sexuality that that they're looking to make change with, experience yeah. and shift with. Yeah. Gen. Most of the time, people feel disconnected or can't feel pleasure in a certain part of their body or they've had trauma or they don't have much libido or they have mismatched libido with their partner or they there is so many things from painful sex to um yeah women can experience vulvodynia and dyspareunia vaginismus that's like complete not shut down but pain during sex or at the thought of sex even uh yeah, and sometimes I see couples. I've just I've got two uh, male clients who I see, and I'm enjoying that. Uh, but they're screened a little bit more than the women, just because it's a new um, place for me, and I'm curious. So I kind of just chat to them about that prior. Um, but yeah, that is people come to me with everything, and sometimes I even I just had a beautiful client for the past at least the whole time I've been seeing her, which is close to a year. Her there's been some grief um, discussions and I'm not necessarily, I'm not a trained psychotherapist or psychologist, but the, I always put out if, if it's feeling like someone needs someone else, then I recommend that. And often they're just like committing to staying with me and having these conversations, but the, um, Again, it's gone. Mm. So, well, the work, the, the sort of work that you're doing is drawing upon your sexuality training and now you're integrating other forms yeah, of awareness. Yeah, and just life, almost. Like, yoga is huge for me in that uh, belief. So, I'm also curious about how, because I've questioned, like, what my sessions actually are and sometimes I just think I'm a love warrior. That it's just like, I will help you find this authentic connection to yourself and back back you 100% in that and how does someone learn that you know so and this is also maybe the forefront of some discussions this formal way of training that we've all think that we have to do university I don't know if it's always necessary to a degree there are some great year-long courses the 300 hours I just did was like you know five and a half weeks in Bali and you can really just learn so much about yourself which is the most important when you're offering and in this space of therapy that you actually have dealt with your shit Mm. and I know I'm really good at that so at least throwing myself in the deep end consistently (laughs) also helps I mean I think there are some people who just have great intuition either learnt or inherited Mm. and they just need a a real world framework through which to apply that like I've had a therapist a psychologist in the past who I could tell she was highly psychic Mm. her intuition and awareness for what i needed and what i like 
I was like, this is more, it's almost like going to get a remedial massage from someone who's a Reiki master. Mm. You know, you're just getting this extra level of awareness yeah. from the, you know, I had a business coach who was also like a sound healer. Mm. I was like, if I'm going to get that coaching in that space, I'm happy that it's coming from someone who is bringing a little bit of extra awareness to the table. For sure. So I could see why. And I mean, his, um, his branding, his business coach branding is, um, was very corporate, but I, but I also knew that I also met him because he was doing a sound healing, um, yoga class at rainbow serpent so i was like you're my kind of business coach let's let's bring it on yeah and so but look i i love to check in at the end of the uh, chat and say well if i was to see you in a year's time is there a project that you are currently thinking about or working on that you would love to have completed at this time next year i want to say the book we'll say it because you you would be the second person to say the book and last time someone said that she's just had one published yeah, for the, the first book. time so it, magic takes place in this space yeah great great <laughs> I feel it you've um, yeah the book and uh, definitely some courses online great mm. yeah e-learning is a really great huge space to be expanding into and so um, just because it's really good to be specific what will the book l- look like will it be printed how big will it be how will people you know experience it. I already know it all oh. and I just don't want to give it away no, okay, well, don't give it, as long as you yeah, know that's know. the most important yeah, thing yeah okay. I, I met this great friend on the training and um, we've been chatting a, a bit about it and you know because I love to share my stories it's just like you're actually a book I'm like am I? great I'm going to try well how so, do you facilitate the, pro- the process to bring that through does it look like chipping away at it a little bit every day does it look like a day a week yeah, at the moment it's like, well, I'm just going to write down all the stuff that comes to me in these little s- snippets and then talk to my friend about uh, storyboarding and going from there. Mm, great. Mm. But now that I've put a timeline on it, you've Well, yeah, it. you've got until, yeah, you've got until, uh, you know... have got about 340 days. Valentine's Day next year, yeah. that was last week, that'll give you okay, the... Okay, Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a perfect Valentine's Day um, Yeah, yeah. Book. Oh, there you go. Mm. A little bit of free marketing advice for you there. Um, thank you so much. I loved chatting to you. The joy of having these conversations with different friends is they all bring something unique to the table, but this is such a beautiful and important area to be to jump off into discussion from Mm -hmm. and so it was just really important and special to have the chat so thank you thanks dan always beautiful to see you and chat to you